As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, Fantasy Football in 15 edition for Friday, September 10th. Michael Beller and Derek Van Riper here with you 48 hours away from the first Sunday of the 2021 NFL season. Every Friday right here on this Football in 15 edition of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, we're going to be talking DFS plays. For the upcoming week, DVR, fun start to the season last night with all those fantasy fireworks in Cowboys and Buccaneers. It was a great opening night game. I think the turnovers especially kept it really interesting. Uh, if not for that late Chris Godwin fumble, I think the, the drama is probably slightly reduced and even the, the Vegas outcome for our purposes might have been completely different for yeah. that game too, but uh, definitely a good opening night matchup. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and uh, as I've said a couple of times on our suite of podcasts, uh, pretty much everyone, and no matter who you have, if you have someone in that fantasy game, you feel pretty good about how your week started. Of course, the two exceptions, Ezekiel Elliott and Mike Evans, but everyone else hitting in a big way, and that helped out for people who played Thursday night DFS or full week DFS, but we're just looking at the main slate, no primetime games. That's how we're going to focus our attention on these Friday episodes. And here's how we're going to structure things for these Friday episodes. We obviously can't get into every single position. We just don't have the time to do that. So here's what we're going to give you. We are going to give you games to target. We're going to tell you where the two of us are spending up. And we're going to tell you where the two of us are trying to save our money in our DFS lineup. So let's start right there, DVR. The game's at the top of the list. Uh, the highest over-under on the board for Sunday's main slate, Browns and Chiefs at 54.5. These, of course, courtesy of BetMGM. Then you've got the Cardinals and Titans coming in at 53. That one's been sitting at 51.5 for most of the week, and now we've seen it today, Friday, bump up to 53. Packers and Saints at 50. Bill Steelers, 48.5. Colts, Seahawks, 48.5. Vikings, Bengals, 47.5. Uh, which of those is your favorite, or are you looking off of that list for a game to target? No, I think you honed in on the, the best games to really build your core lineups with. But I think Packers Saints is one where I think there's plenty of value to be had here. Uh, lots of ways you can break it down. I always feel like when I when I look for a, a Packers combo, it's obviously either Rodgers with a couple of pass catchers or it's just running back Aaron Jones on a stack from the other side. And I think 
if you're going for more of a tournament build, you know, Jameis with even a chalky Marquez Callaway makes a lot of sense as a very undervalued duo because it unlocks so much else that you can do in the rest of your lineup. And then Aaron Jones is kind of the perfect mid-tier running back in terms of his price. You know, you're looking at a guy that on DraftKings this week is in that 6K range at 6,800. That's a great great foundation to have to get exposure to one of those games without having all your money like tied up. But the same way if you stack the Chiefs this week, right? That always is so pricey. As fun as it is to do, and as much as you can get away with it in week one when there's so much value elsewhere on the board, I'd rather kind of build from these great games with more mid-range sorts of plays. Yeah, it's funny that you say that, DVR, because I have a couple of guys, Aaron Jones being one of them, in those games, but at those mid-range targets that I'm really looking for. So we're on the same page there. My favorite game here is Cardinals and Titans. These two teams were second and third last year in neutral game pace of play. The only team that was faster than them when game was within a touchdown was the Buffalo Bills. And I don't think anything that these two teams have done in the offseason would make you think that they're going to change their stripes this season. So I expect that game to get up and down the field, you know, be pretty high scoring, be pretty fast paced. And you're going to have to pay up to get some of the guys from that game. Tyler Murray is expensive. DeAndre Hopkins, obviously an expensive guy. Derrick Henry, if that's a route you want to go is expensive. But I do think that that's worth it in terms of a game to target. I want to find investment in that game. And then I will start to go elsewhere and fill out the rest of my lineup. But I'm making sure I have exposure to Cardinals and Titans because out of all these games, that's the one that I feel most comfortable in hitting the over, right? I do think Browns and Chiefs plays close to the 54 and a half. I think Packers and Saints plays close to the 50. I'm comfortable betting on Cardinals and Titans to go over the number. So I do want to try to find some exposure to that game. That's the one that I look at most closely. But I do think those top three, you mentioned Packers, Saints, I say Cardinals, Titans, and Browns, Chiefs. I think if you can find a way to get invested in all of those, then you're going to be feeling pretty good about the build for your lineup. And that leads us into where we're spending because you can't have it all. As you said, Chiefs stack, that's an expensive stack. You can't really go Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyree, Kill, and then feel good about what you have elsewhere. So you got to pick and choose your spots, where you're going to spend, where you're going to save, where are you going to spend this week? What position, what player, what is most catching your eye on the high end of things? You know, I want one of the elite running backs. So if I'm making that tournament build where I'm putting Chalky Callaway and, and Winston uh, with Aaron Jones, I'm probably doing that to avoid Kamara, who I think is a great play in cash games this week. And I'm building around Christian McCaffrey instead. For me, I want one of those two. I think it's the savings on Kamara that's going to steer more people there. So he's going to be mindful of that for your GPP builds. But you can get differentiation elsewhere if you really want to play Kamara. We've seen the numbers. When Michael Thomas doesn't play, Kamara is a machine. Now, I think you start to look at this overall slate and I want to stay away from expensive quarterbacks. That's where I want to save the most. I think Jalen Hurts is just jumping off the page for me right now. 6400 is the price. Obviously, you get the rushing floor. I think he could be just below the likes of Mahomes and Josh Allen and Kyler Murray this week, and you're getting enough of a discount where I think it's going to pay off. I think the hardest thing for me to figure out so far is which pass catcher I want to pair to Jalen Hurts. We've had all sorts of questions about the Eagles throughout last season. Those haven't necessarily been answered. So I don't know if I'm going down and trying to save money and go to like Jalen Rieger as a receiver, as maybe a third option there, or if I want to just lock in Dallas Goddard and just kind of go the more safe route at tight end. But Hurts is definitely a priority play for me and saving money at quarterback is a big part of my plan for my builds. All right, this is where we go in different paths then a little bit because 
Um, yeah, I say I want to get exposure to the Cardinals and Titans, and the guy who comes out of me is Kyler Murray. Um, it's week one. We know a lot about these teams, but there's something about each team that we don't know a lot about as well. And so when you think about the quarterback as being you know, most likely your highest individual scorer, I want a guy who I just feel rock solid about, no question about it. And Kyler Murray, in a game that we all expect to be high scoring with what he does with his legs and his arm, I feel really, really good about him in this game. So I am comfortable spending the $7,600 price tag. I say I'm spending up on quarterback, but really it's Kyler Murray. If for some reason I was going away from Kyler, I'm not pivoting to another expensive quarterback. I'm pivoting to an expensive player at another position, and that's most likely going to be running back, as you said. And so I'm not able to get those most expensive running backs into my ideal build for uh, this week, but I don't want to go cheap at this position. So I'm saying that I'm also spending up on my collection of running backs. This is not a spot where I want to be digging into the low 5,000 group of players or the high 4,000 group of players. We can do that at other positions, and we'll talk about that in a second. But I'm finding myself really gravitating toward the group of running backs who are between about $5,800 and $6,800. And in that group, I do find three guys who I find very attractive. Aaron Jones, who you said at 6,800, love that way of getting exposure to the Packers and Saints game, and specifically the Packers offense. Then we've got Clyde Edwards-Alaire at 6600 Again, another way to get invested in the Chiefs without paying up for Mahomes or Hill or Kelsey. And then down at 5800 Raheem Mostert in a game that should play to a run-heavy script for San Francisco, not only because that's what they want to do, but also because they are significant favorites on the road in Detroit in what might be the biggest gap between good and bad that we have on the slate in Week 1. So I'm not paying you know, $8,500 for one running back, but I'm also not going cheap at all at the position. I find myself enjoying that sort of build. Yeah, a lot of good players in that range. I would add James Robinson to the equation, too, is someone I'm thinking yep. about at 6,400. We just expect him to get such a large share of the touches uh, as a result of the Travis Etienne injury, and uh, it's a good matchup, too. I mean, the Jags should be able to roll Houston. Is Houston going to win a game this year? I feel like we're going to be picking on them frequently, especially with mid-range running backs. Yeah, I think they'll probably find their way to one or two wins, but it is going to be a team uh, that we're picking on quite a bit and just a team that feels like totally rudderless already at the very start of this 2021 season. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's get into the places where we're going to try to save some money this week, DVR. I'm going to go first here because the very first player, individual player, who jumped out at me when I was just scrolling through all the positions, Kyle Pitts. $4,400. I am I'm comfortable saying that this will be the cheapest Kyle Pitts is all season long. You are never going to see a $4,400 Kyle Pitts the remainder of the season. We've talked so much about him being uh, this, this Julio replacement, and he's not really a tight end. He just has a tight end designation, but he's going to be more wide receiver. And the algorithms that do these prices just aren't able to catch up that quickly. And you see him sitting at $4,400 when he is the Julio replacement. He is going to be lined up outside a lot. They've got Hayden Hurst to do the dirty work, to line up in line, to do a lot of the blocking. Kyle Pitts is going to be basically a wide receiver 
for this team. And so I think getting him at $4,400 gives you such an easy way to save at tight end. It's a position that we're often looking to save at, but this is a way where you're saving the money, but you're not saving the money on to use a guy you threw out, Dallas Goddard. You're not saving the money to settle for Cole Komet or someone like that. You are getting someone who is going to be playing in the Darren Waller, George Kittle range of things, I think in the not too distant future, and you're getting him at that Dallas Goddard, Johnny Smith, Cole Komet price. So this was the easiest play for me. Love saving at the tight end position this week. Where are you looking? I didn't think I'd be playing a rookie tight end in his debut in cash <laughs> games in DFS anytime soon, yeah, but here we are. Kyle Pitts has arrived. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think receivers are the other place where you can spend a lot, I mean, or save a lot, rather. Marquez Callaway at 3,400 is going to be probably the most rostered receiver in the entire pool, but there's value elsewhere, too. Michael Pittman Jr. with T.Y. Hilton out, I think, is really interesting at 4,100 going up against Seattle. I think he's absolutely in play for me, both in cash and maybe even in tournament depending on how much I mix up the lineup elsewhere. I'm curious to know what your trust level is in Rondell Moore and Elijah Moore. They're at 3K, and it's so tempting to throw one of them out there in a lineup, but I kind of want to wait and see more just in terms of the target distribution. I know the value is there just based on the projection, but there's a lot of noise since there's so much uncertainty in the opener. Yeah, you know, I really like Rondell Moore. I like both of these guys, but Rondell Moore jumps out at me. First of all, you get to pair him with Kyler Murray. You get more uh, exposure to the Cardinals and the Titans game, so I like that about him. But I, I love this guy. I mean, I was all over him in fantasy draft season. I have him on a majority of my teams, and I think that he can be the number two guy in that passing game. How they use him is not going to be a traditional number two receiver, but I do think that he can ultimately be the second most productive player in their passing game behind, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins. So getting in on him at 3,000 is a great way to find a, um, a compliment for Kyler Murray. It's a great way to get more exposure to that game, and it's a great way to free up your spending elsewhere. So he is someone who I definitely look at as being that cheap option, a great way to save at the wide receiver position, give yourself some resources elsewhere. I also look at the group that is above what just what you were talking about. Because I think Michael Pittman at 4,100, I think that's a really nice play. But you go one step up from that, and you look at the guys who are in the High book, 4,000s to high 5,000s. And there's just so much here to like DVR. Between 4,900 and 5,900, you will find Cortland Sutton, Tyler Boyd, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Robbie Anderson, Chase Claypool, Odell Beckham, Jacoby Myers, Corey Davis, all of those guys in that range. And I think you can build a really competitive group of three wide receivers just from that range alone. And that's going to give you flexibility elsewhere. And that's why I just can't get with that. Plus all the guys you mentioned even cheaper than that. I just can't get on board with the most expensive receivers this week. Yeah, I mean, I, I think saving in some way, and depending on how aggressive you want to be, you can save a ton. I'm going to at least save a good bit at wide receiver. I think Jerry Judy at 4,800, something just seems off in terms of how much everybody loved him throughout the draft season versus where he's priced in week one. So I think he's a pretty interesting play for me too. Probably a little more tournament than cash, just given some of the uncertainty about the Denver offense as a whole with Teddy Bridgewater at the controls. Yeah, that's going to be, I think, a really fun game to watch for a number of reasons. And the most of which is that, you know, we think we have a good handle on this Denver offense, but it's all new, right? I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, new. Cortland Sutton, didn't play last year. Javante Williams, new. Uh, Jerry Judy, Obviously, was out there for the bulk of last season, but didn't play with Teddy Bridgewater at all. Didn't really have a reliable quarterback at all. So, like, I think this could be an ascendant offense. It might start out slow, but it is a group of guys who I'm really interested to see what they do going on the road this week 
against the Giants. It's one of the offenses I'm going to be watching most closely and one that I think, you know, maybe there are some opportunities early on or maybe you just want to sit back and start to see things shake out for them before you really start investing in them in any serious way. But again, those prices, as you say, 4800 on Judy, just a couple hundred bucks more to get to Cortland Sutton. They're not really asking you to spend too much to get invested in the Broncos. And again, it's just it's more reason why we can find some value at the wide receiver position. Uh, let me just throw this at you to to change things up a little bit as we wrap up the episode. If you were inclined to spend that wide receiver, if you were going to do a you know build that differentiates from your main build, does any one individual guy jump out at you as the one you'd be targeting? I'm always a sucker for paying up for Devontae Adams. So it might be running him back with that Saints combo instead. But I don't see it as a case where people are staying away from him because there's so much value. The top end players are going to be, I think, rostered at slightly higher rates than they ordinarily would be. Week one is always just a totally unique beast because of the the price inefficiencies that come up from guys coming in and then having injuries shake everything up. This doesn't seem to be as chaotic as it could be compared to week one's past. That uh, so I, I think Devonte would be the guy that I'd pay up for. I'm trying to see if there's like a clear six thousand dollar receiver I like. I have nothing against like Deontay Johnson or DJ Moore. I just feel like the the value you're getting for a little bit less is worth. It's worth the savings this week. So I wonder if that's the group of players, like if that that 6K range receiver ends up being the group of players that gets ignored the most this week. I'm very happy you brought that up to wrap up the show here because that was my, the last, as I just went through my first, you know, top of the head build, the last position I had to fill was a third receiver and I had $5,900. And I just started looking at all those guys in that range. It's like, eh. I didn't really feel like trying to find the savings for the guys who were in that low 6,000 group. So I do think that that's the group to avoid. And I ask you the question about the top receivers, and I just, I mean, I think I would probably go with Devontae also if I was going to go with one. I would maybe think about Calvin Ridley as well. But again, like, I just don't love the way that those teams look when we have all those receivers in that 4,500 to 5,800 range. And then the the guys even a step below that, like Michael Pittman, and then way below that, like Rondale Moore. There's so many ways to build a competitive trio of receivers that I think you would rather go cheap there and go spend at running back and quarterback. Those are the guys who are, are a little bit more certain in week one. We figure out wide receiver as it goes along, but we have a good handle on who the big running backs, who the reliable quarterbacks are going to be. And that's where I want to lean on my lineup for this first week of DFS. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, Fantasy Football in 15 edition. Thank you so much for listening to us. This version will be back for you Sunday evening. DVR and I will take a quick look at the waivers ahead after all the action on Sunday night. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great weekend. Enjoy all the football coming your way, and we'll talk to you soon.